All right. How many of you uh, have gotten your Strong's Concordance or are you still waiting to get one? Amen. Y'all not going to be quiet on me tonight now. I'm, I'm going to walk up. I'm going to walk the aisle tonight. <laughs> oh, what you say? Walk on. Huh? All right. All right. Well, y'all talk to me then. I ain't like y'all scared. Y'all, I, hear y- I hear y'all when y'all leave here. I hear y'all outside and everywhere. I'm like, y'all can't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I hear you. Anyone have any questions about anything that we've talked about or about anything in the Bible? Any, any questions that you had or anything like that? Don't, don't uh, be shy. Amen. Amen. Some people back there. Oh. <laughs> not being, um, God spoke about not being happy with the um, people in the world and he was going to destroy mm-hmm. them. But um, he said, even his, and I, I was looking for it, even his um, workmen mm-hmm. were not honorable. Was he talking about his angels that came down to earth and, and, uh, and uh, viewed uh, some of the beautiful women and so forth, and decided that they wanted them. Is that is that what that's about? I'd have to see the exact uh, scripture reference that you're speaking of, okay. but right. I do, I do know that you know we ran, a, we talked and about that's that. Where we got giants from. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some debate on that whether it was uh, actual angels that. Um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Procreated with the man, with the daughters of men, or whether there's one interpretation that says that when it talks about the, the men of renown of old, it's talking about those that were great or noblemen, or that were like leaders during that time, or emperors and those high-ranking officials and things like that. So. It remains unclear totally whether it was actually angels that uh, slept with the daughters of men or whether it was actually men of high ranking. Yeah. So, uh, but we talk, we've been talking about the judgment of God. Do you have any thoughts on the judgment of God? Because some people say that if God is merciful, and if God is good, then why would he destroy everybody? If God is merciful and God is good, why would he send a person to hell? If God is merciful and God is good, why would he bring judgment upon mankind? Anybody have any thoughts on that? On the judgment of God? I know, I know y'all thought about that. You've seen where, like, um, on different biblical programs where a person have left their body and went into hell and they were describing how awful hell really is and the fire that's down there and the, and the, uh, the, the torment that's involved in it and the weeping and the gnashing of teeth and all those kinds of things. But yet a lot of times in churches, uh, uh, the preacher and we are... See, you can't you can't have a one sided theology. You can't have a one sided gospel. You can't just preach blessing, 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 blessing. But yet the the person or people or whoever the majority or minority is, their lives are not lining up with the word of God. Then how can I preach that God is going to bless you when you're being disobedient? You see what I'm saying? So. So how is it that God judges why why does God judge man anybody know the answer to that why why does he bring judgment and what determines judgment coming upon mankind I'll tell you this first of all I believe that every commandment which the word of God is a seed every commandment has a built-in consequence already 
I believe that. When God said, thou shalt not kill, there's already a consequence that's built into that if a person kills someone. And there, and there has to be a judgment because otherwise, then the, the one who perpetrated the act goes on perpetrating and keeping on. So judgment comes because what? God has to cut it off somewhere. He can't allow things to just go on and on and on and on as it is, no matter how much he may love that individual or individuals, because we, we read where it talked about that the imagination of man's heart was only evil continuously. Didn't we read that? The, 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 the imagination, the, the, the thinking and, and the, 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 the uh, mental things that he uh, meditated on in his mind was only evil continuously. So there had, to be, there had to be a stopping point somewhere. But yet we've also seen that even though that there were unrighteous people, there were also righteous people. Amen. And one of them was Noah. And God spared Noah because of what? Because of his character, because of his heart, because he was righteous. Well, how was Noah righteous and Jesus had not been even preached yet? In, in, in just like he preached in the New Testament, but he was spoken of in other ways. How is that? He was obedient to God in more ways than anybody else was. Right. <clears throat> that made him righteous. But what, what did we read last week? Somebody read in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hang on, just go to chapter 11 first, I'm going to tell you. I have to get over there myself. Hold on. Hebrews chapter 11. Seven. Somebody read 11 and 7 for me. So, how was Noah made righteous? By his faith. Why, why did Noah, even though it had not rained yet on the earth, why did Noah believe that it was going to rain? Because of the faith that he had in God. And so, how is it possible... For us today to see things that are not visible to other people because of our faith because the Bible says that the just shall walk by faith and it doesn't matter what is out here what we're able to see because a Christian ought to be connected to God in such a way that you and I are able to see things that most people cannot see. And that's why our lives is lived in a different way. But if we just look at things on the natural, it, we would do just like everybody else does. You see what I'm saying? It go along with the flow and all of that. But the thing that keeps us from going along with the flow is that we see what can't be seen. And we see what's underneath the surface. That even though things are going on, remember we read in Peter? All the things are going on just like they were before in the days of Noah until the flood came and did what? Took them all away. But if we're not connected like that, then we're not able to see. Go with me uh, to Genesis chapter 6. What did we leave off last time? Does that make sense to you? And, I, and I, my hope is that folk will start interacting in class because it stimulates the class when we have class participation. Okay? Yes. All right. Grab my grandson brought something up to me and I need to answer him sometime this week. Okay. Gives me a chance. He mm. read and he heard, and it is in the Bible, that God said, Saul, kill all of those. Right. Yeah. Malachi. I have to answer him, and right now I don't have enough. Mm -hmm. 
All right, I'm going to see what I can do for you. <laughs> All right. But we have, we have and, I'll, and I'll get with you, but we have been talking about how God, God's plan is unfolded generationally. Do any of you, you don't have to answer me, but do any of you know specifically what your purpose is in your generation? Right now, what your purpose is on earth? By a show of hands. Huh? A couple of people know. Four or five people. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I didn't always know my purpose, okay? So I'm not criticizing anybody, but I want to be used by God in individuals' lives to help them discover their purpose or discover whatever God is trying to tell them. So I'm not criticizing you when I ask you to raise your hand and I ask you how many people really know their purpose. Because the devil can get you to look at yourself based upon, or at least he tries to get you to look at yourself based upon somebody else's opinion of you. But listen, Noah was not concerned about anybody else's opinion. They could talk about Noah, laugh at Noah, ha ha, it hadn't rained, ha, this fool out here building an ark. He out there building an ark. Can you believe that, that old, this old man right here is building an ark? Isn't that how people talk? They'll laugh at you, criticize you, and all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you something, there is only one person that you and I need to be concerned about. And that's God. That's it. Let them say what they say or whatever else. But God, but there's people that are depending on us to do what God called us to do in our generation. Just like Noah built an ark. Maybe you're not called to build an ark, but you're called to build something. You're called to make a way for somebody to get out of the situation that they are in. We are called to make a difference in this world because somebody, while, listen, while, while I'm, look, watch this, while I'm over here saying, well, I don't know, I don't know if I want to serve God. Ah, oh, there's people over down the street talking about me. I remember when I was little, somebody said I was stupid and somebody said I, I couldn't think and I was crazy and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if this is really what I should be doing. But if I'm always controlled by what they said and what I think of myself and all of that, I will never step out into the area that God has called me to step out in. But if the Bible says that Noah had that kind of faith where he saw nothing but himself and God and he saw the people that he was called, he was called to save, everything else really didn't matter. Because he knew that he was building with a purpose. We have to know that whatever our purpose is in this life that God has placed within us, we are building with a purpose. What is our purpose? What are we supposed to be building? But while we're doing all this back and forth and deliberating and all that kind of stuff, somebody sitting over there and the devil just... While we're deliberating, while we're wondering, oh, well, should I do that or shouldn't I do that? Should I go that way? Somebody's depending on you to pull them out of a pit. Somebody's, somebody is depending on us. The, you know what water speaks of? What does water speak of? Water speaks of circumstances, of trouble, and those kind of things. Somebody's depending on us to where when trouble comes, we're the one that's going to help deliver them out of it, out of that trouble. And all of us, all of us, all of us, all of us have a purpose and a calling. Don't let the devil rob you and rob somebody else because, see, the devil doesn't just rob you. He robs the person that you're supposed to affect. He robs the person that you're supposed to help. So by stopping you in your tracks, now he's stopping their blessing. Now he's stopping their deliverance because if he can stop you, he can stop them. Somebody's going to get that after a while. That's not even in my lesson. Amen. Who knows what we left off last week? All right. Chapter seven. Now, I have to warn you that some of the lesson that I'm going to share with you probably would have you calling me a heretic or wanting to kick me out of the church. Oh, yeah. All right. But can we can we can we be honest, first of all, that the Bible, even though these people were called holy men and women of God, because of the distinction that is placed upon them because of the faith that they had in God and because of the calling that they had in God, but yet that did not re remove their humanity. Did you hear what I said? Did you understand what I said? 
I said these people were called holy because of the distinction that were placed upon them because of the calling that it was on their life and the faith that was on their lives. And sometimes if we look at them like they were so far removed from humanity as the humanity that we experience where we're tempted every day and whether this, this temptation come up and that thought come up and that thing come up and oh, I feel like cursing her out and feel like cursing him out and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. Just, just because we're in the church and just because we're saved and called bishop and, and preacher and all of that doesn't mean that those thoughts won't come to our mind. Just don't do it. It doesn't mean that they won't come to y'all. Are y'all with me? Because sometimes folk try to get in church and act like they don't experience nothing. They don't never go through no temptation. They don't never think about nothing wrong. Huh? <laughs> That's not reality. That is not reality. We all have things come across our mind every day, all day, and all that kind of stuff. But God will give us the strength to fight those things. So this is what I'm saying. The Bible says this about Elijah. The Bible says Elijah... Now, you know all the miracles that God used Elijah to do. The Bible said that Elijah was a man. We have to remember that. Elijah, first of all, was what? Not an excuse now. But Elijah was a man. Moses was a man. And if you look at the, 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 the scenario that Moses went through, Moses got angry. Moses, God told Moses to speak to the rock. The people got on uh, Moses' nerves so bad, and I'm going somewhere, I'm not just rambling, but the people got on Moses' nerves so bad, what did Moses do when God told him to speak to the rock? Moses said, Pow! God didn't tell you to hit the rock, Moses. How many times was the rock supposed to be struck? One time. Who was the rock? Jesus was the rock. The Bible tells you that in Corinthians that the rock that followed them, that gave them water, was Christ. That was the rock. Moses struck him more than one time. I was a no-no. So, but sometimes people and the things that they do can cause us to get out of sync and out of kilter and unbalanced to where, you know. But anyway, so Elijah was a man, but yet, what, God used him. So when you look at Noah, Noah was a man that God used. So don't look at these people and say, well, oh, well, that was, that was Moses. You know, God was with him. That was Noah. God was with him. When God get ready for you to do something in this generation, don't look at them and say, oh, that was them. That was they were so holy and they were so righteous. They were men. They were natural men. The women in the Bible that God used were natural women, but they were vessels that God filled just like he wants to fill you today to do some extraordinary things. Did you hear what I said? It said that God will use us to do what? Exploits. Isn't that right? So all of us should be asking God, well, how do you want to use me? Who do you want to send me to to help them and how? Because let me tell you something. Notice this also, that when God spoke to Noah and when God spoke to Moses, he spoke specifically. Isn't that right? God said, look, Noah, I want you to build an ark. It wasn't, oh, I wonder if that's God saying build an ark. I wonder if that's, that's my flesh. You ever heard that in church? You ever heard that from other Christians? I have. I've said it myself. Well, I feel like that's God. I think that's God. How does God speak anyway? God speaks in our heart, in our spirit, man. And the thing to test that voice is the word of God, because God won't tell you anything that's contrary to his word. God won't tell us anything that goes against his word. So if God is telling us something in business or God is telling us to do something in our family or God is telling us to do something in our church, we have to take everything and try it by the word of God. The Bible says, try the spirit, whatever spirit comes to you, try that spirit by the spirit. So God told Noah and he, he let him step by step, by step. How does God want to lead us? He wants a relationship with us. And, 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 God, and Noah had that relationship and God led him step by step, by step, by step. And even though he may have gotten criticism and everything else from other people, he still kept walking. He still kept doing what God called him to do. What's going to make us stop? That's a question. What will make you stop? Will somebody saying, oh, that thing's not going to work. Come on now. That dream you have, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> huh? Paul said what? Paul said, I'm a fool, but I'm a fool for Christ. Ain't that right? 
So let them laugh. Let them talk about you. If God told you to do that, keep doing it. If God told you to build that thing, if God gave you that idea, if God gave you that because it's going to help to save somebody else, it's not just about you. That's what's wrong with today's society. It's, it's so selfish. Huh? Y'all don't know about that. Huh? Y'all don't drive. Okay. Y'all never been on the highway. Somebody just cut you off. Just, you gone, you almost to the light. Huh? Yeah. Going to the grocery store. You almost get ran over by somebody's buggy because they come around the corner. Oh, excuse me. Huh? Lord have mercy. Let's get to the word. Genesis chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. You realize how many people are on the face of the earth? A lot. Because each one of those men that it talks about in Genesis chapter 5 had children. They said they had sons and they had daughters. But how many souls were saved out of that whole generation? One of Jesus' disciples asked him, he said, how many are going to be saved? Jesus said, just a few. Just a few. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens. What's, what's the number seven mean? Completion or fulfillment. By sevens, the male and his female. So let me stop there for a second. What does that tell us about God? God is very detailed. When God tells us to do something, he tells us what it is down to the last millisecond. Isn't that right? He doesn't leave anything out. He doesn't leave anything for questioning. So when, when God tells us to do something, we don't have to play games with ourselves and say, well, was, was that God? Was that not God? Was that God? I don't know what to do next. God will show you step by step by step by step. Just do what he tells you to do. And that first step, then the second step, he's going to bring you to that. The third step, you might not understand it, but he's going to bring you to that and show you how to do that. The fourth step, just go step by step. That's all. Don't get ahead of God. Don't, don't get behind him, but stay in step with God. I know y'all heard me say it a lot of times. He has shown the old man what is good, what is acceptable, what, what the Lord requires of, do, of thee. But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, what? With God. Not against God. Not behind God. With God. Because what? With God shows fellowship, right? All right. Male and his female. And of beasts that are not clean by what? Two. The male and his female of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. God could have wiped everything out. He said, but I'm going to keep something alive. The only way for this world to survive is that somebody walks with God, that somebody is a light, somebody is an example, somebody is one that stands up for what is right. Verse four, for yet seven days and I will cause it to rain upon the earth. Forty days. How many uh, days were Jesus fasting? How many days or years rather did the children of Israel wander in the, in the desert? Forty years. And forty nights and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off. The face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. What did Noah do? According to all that the Lord commanded him. Not half of what he commanded him, but all of what he commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. What is the number six? Oh, y'all know this stuff. The number of man. They said in, in Revelations, he said that the mark of beast is the mark of the beast is six, six, six. And then he says, this is the number of man. Noah was 600 years old and Noah, verse seven says that Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood verse 8 of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean 
and of fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. How many days did God uh, take to create the world and then he rested? How many days total? Seven days. And I'm just throwing that out there right now. We'll get to all, the, all those numbers later. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. The Bible said, try me. I will open the windows of heaven. That's to prove God. Well, God was proving himself to man once again that he was serious about what he was saying, that God wasn't playing about unrighteousness and sin. Uh, verse 12, and the rain was upon the earth, how many days and nights? 40 days and 40 nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three, and the three uh, wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after what? His kind. And all the cattle after their kind and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the, the earth after his kind and every fowl after his kind and every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in went in male and female all flesh. As God had commanded him and the Lord shut him in and the flood was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bear up the ark. Mean that the, the, the waters lifted the ark above the ground of the earth and it was lift up above the earth and the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. Is there anywhere to hide from the judgment of God? And all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. That's high, isn't it? All the mountains that were in the world, the waters were above even the mountains, because God said he wasn't going to spare anything. Verse 21, and all flesh died that move upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land did what? Die. Died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth and Noah only remained alive. And they that were with him in the ark and the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifteen days, fifty days. I'm sorry. 150. I'm about to go get my glasses checked pretty soon. I need to do that. 150. But during all that time, a merciful God that loved man so much that created man in his own image. And what does that image mean? We talked about that. God created man to function like him, to, to think like him, to live like him, to do things like he would do it in righteousness, in justice. But yet it was man's choice to turn his back on God, to turn away from God and to do his own thing. But yet in all of that, even though judgment came, God still provided a way for man to be saved. But it was only those that were with Noah that were saved. Isn't that right? So whoever is with the one that God is providing to make a way of escape. They're the ones that's going to be able to escape the things that are coming up on the earth. How many of us want to be people of influence? You mean to tell me, listen, you mean to tell me that I'm going to live 
however many years that God put me on the face of this earth, but yet I have not profoundly affected the life of the one that I come across every day. I have not deposited anything within their lives. I have not warned them of the judgment that's coming upon the earth. I have just told them about if I told them that I've just told them about the blessings of God and I've just been involved so much in my life. You know, I have so much to do. I'm so busy. I have I have to figure this out. I have to balance my checkbook and I have to go to the bank and I've got to go to the post office and, and, and I've got to go run down there and get a part for my truck. And then I've got to go over here. Huh? So you mean to tell me that that God allows me to inhale and exhale and I know I have the word of life. When Jesus asked his disciples, he said, are you going to go away also? What did Jesus tell them? What did the disciples say? Rather, Peter. No, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You mean to tell me that there's a sin sick world that is on their way to judgment and on their way to hell. Because next time it's not going to be water. How many know that? Next time it, it won't be water. God put a rainbow in the sky to show his covenant of saying that I'm not going to flood the earth again. He didn't say that judgment won't come again. He said I'm not going to destroy the earth in this way ever again by water. But next time it's going to be by fire. Everything's going to burn up. The Bible said that even the elements. What's the elements? The heat, the rain, the snow, all of that. It said that the elements will melt with a fervent heat and the skies will be rolled back and the earth is going to be destroyed by fire. And anybody that is not in the ark of safety, anybody that is not under the umbrella of safety is going to be burnt up with this world. Burn up. Can you imagine that? Just think about that. Think about that for a second. Forever. Forever? Our days are what? How many hours? 24 hours, right? But each day comes to an end. But this day won't. Because the Bible said that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. Huh? It's no limit. So Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men to be reconciled to God. It's serious. God, listen, can I tell you something? God did not give me his son on the cross to die for me so that I can sit and enjoy it all for myself. No, no, no. Huh? I can't remember the exact scripture, but it talks about, I think it's in Jude, where it talks about rescuing them from the fire pulling them from the fire but yet God took one man don't tell me what you can't do in this generation well, I'm just one person huh I'm just one person you're one person that can make an impact on a whole bunch of people because even if you can't go and reach everybody you can reach one at a time and that one will go and tell that one. And that one will go and tell that one. And then that one will go and tell that one. Jesus started with 12 men and changed the whole world. He said the Bible said that the, that the world, they have turned the world upside down. You mean to tell me? How many people are in here? Huh? A lot more than 12, huh? You have to count them all, but it's more than 12, right? But Jesus took 12 men. And don't think that they were not dysfunctional people. Don't think that those 12 men had it all together. Stop making those excuses and talking about, why well, I need to get this together and I need to get that together. Guess what? You probably never will till you die. Because as long as we're on this side of heaven, it'll be a, uh-oh, uh-oh, I didn't know that was there. Uh-oh, I didn't know that was there. Uh-oh, I didn't know that was there. Didn't I say at the beginning that God took Flesh. Huh? Flesh. That's all Elijah was. That's all that Noah was. That's all that. Are y'all listening to me? That's all that Moses was was flesh. But they made themselves available to God. 
They made themselves available. Lord, with all of my imperfections. What the, who is that? Isaiah in the temple? Was that Isaiah? And it said the angels cried to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. Isn't that right? And then it said, who shall go for us? And who shall we send? What did Isaiah say? No, no, he didn't say that first. He did say that. Y'all going ahead of it. No. He said, I'm a man. Number one, I'm a man. He was looking at his humanity. I'm just a man. How can I do all of this? How can I make a difference in my generation? I'm just a man. You might say, well, I'm just a woman. Huh? How can I make a difference in my generation? He was looking at his humanity. What holds us back a lot of times from doing things in God, any kind of thing? Our own self, our self-doubt. Because we want to measure ourselves. Well, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do that. What did Paul say? I can do flesh. I, me, 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 me. Paul didn't make excuses. He said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Paul did not come out of a perfect background. None of us, I don't believe, have come out of a perfect background. Well, our family had everything together. And well, we had it all together. I don't think so. I know I didn't. Not that my family was evil people, but it didn't mean that we were perfect people either. <coughs> so he looked at himself. What if Noah had looked at himself and said, I just don't feel like I can do it. Huh? Then guess what? Not only would Noah have drowned, but his family members would have drowned. His daughters-in-law would have... What, y'all listening to me? What time is it? Almost time to quit. What time is it? 8.30? 8. Uh, that's the time we've been quitting now. But... Y'all have to take a y'all have to take up a vote on that one. I'm like, but uh, Noah, brother David, you know, God says, go out there and let y'all and Bill off. And you say, well, I don't know because, and I'm not saying you know, you probably know things about carpentry, but who's to say that you even know about carpentry? God said, go build it. So what does that mean if God said, go build it? Thank you. God is going to give you the ability to do what he asks you to do. So when God wants you to do something in his generation, that's going to help a whole lot of people. Like Dr. King helped a whole lot of people because he was obedient. He didn't make excuses. Even though he was criticized, he still didn't let that bother him. But you don't know anything about it, but God gives you the ability. Huh? We can go back in the Old Testament and talk about two guys that God gave skill and craft to. They didn't know nothing about building nothing. But, they, but one of them became an iron worker. Huh? God gave them the ability to do it. So guess what? For every excuse that we have that God, I know you want me to do something in this generation. And I know you want me to help a whole lot of people. But I'm just a man. For every excuse that we have, God's going to take that excuse away. And remind you that you can do all things. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's going to take all those excuses away. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I can face the shadow of death. Why? Because I was with you. We don't have any excuses. But, let me close with this. Jesus, one time, asked three men, Three, to follow him. One of them said what? Let me go back first and bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. The other one said, let me go and uh, try out this, this cattle I just bought. Jesus said, he that puts his hand to the plow and look back, it's not fit for the kingdom. See, because once, once God calls us to do something and we put our hand to the plow, but we keep looking back, what does that show? Doubt. It shows doubt. It shows wavering, disobedience, lack of commitment, all of that. But yet we have to be people of tunnel vision. 
Noah couldn't see anything but God and what God told him to do. No matter what, we have to see God and what God tells us to do. All of that other stuff really doesn't matter. The devil, oh yeah, he's going to talk to you and tell you, well, remember that time when you tried that, but it didn't work? Remember that time you tried that, it didn't work? Huh? going to tell you all that kind of stuff. Remind him of the guy who uh, created Kentucky Fried Chicken, failed nine times on his recipe, but on that tenth time he was a success, and he's still here today. Huh? Seventy seven when that happened. <laughs> That's my deacon. You have, we have um, doubt within ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like God can tell you to do something, and you know, your first thought is, you know, I'm going to do that because I'm crazy. Right, right, right. You know, it's not what others think of you, right. but it's what you do to yourself. Right. Right, because a lot of times we're our, our own worst enemy, you know. But, but God, you see, everybody in here, listen to me, everybody in here has a gift. Everybody in here, starting from the back all the way to the front, is significant. Stop that yawning, Dick. You're about to go. <laughs> and I'm jo- I can joke with you, right? Uh, but everybody in here is significant. God has placed purpose within each and every one of us. But there are things. See, sometimes you have to have this on. You know, like horses wear blinders. Why do they wear those blinders? To keep them straight ahead. Straight ahead. What does the Bible say? Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't look over here and see if they're agreeing with you with what God told you to do. Because you would bear the responsibility of what God told you to do. They're not going to bear that responsibility. If you let somebody stop you from what God told you to do, that is going to benefit a whole bunch of people, then guess what? You're going to have to answer to him for what he told you. What he told you. See, today in today's society, people want to go with the flow. You know what I mean? And they're influenced by the, by the opinion of their friends. They're influenced by the opinion of their family. But see, a Christian, they have to walk with just them and their Lord. Because a lot of times people are not going to understand you. They're not going to understand the vision that you have. Don't get angry with them. God didn't give it to them. So you can't ex- expect for somebody to understand the vision that you have or the gifting that you have or, or the gift. You know what I'm saying? God gave it to you. He explained it to you. God didn't talk to all these other people. He talked to one man, Noah. And it was Noah's responsibility to listen to God and to do what God told him to do. Because not only, and I'm closing with this, not only will everybody else be affected. Think about your children if you have children. Think about your, your, your siblings if you have any. Think about your aunts and your uncles and all those kind of things. I'll be in a hurry tell them, look, on Audrey, this is what this is what the Bible says. On Doris, this is what the Bible says. And Anne Marie, this is what the Bible says. This is what, this is what God's saying. And I've been remiss in that my own self. But yet God, God does not just place us in a family to be in a family to say I'm a Lewis. Right. He doesn't do that. But God places us in that family because He wants us to be used not only in that house, but also in society. Because society is made up of what? Homes. Every city is made up of houses. Every street has houses on them, right? Most streets, anyway, have houses on them. Every community mostly has a house. So it starts with one home. And that, that one home can make such a difference when that, great, when that person that has destiny on their life come out of them. Just think about Jesse's house. David came out of Jesse's house, right? Jesus came out of Joseph and Mary's house. Who knows what's going to come out of your house? Hmm? Think about it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for the blessings of your Holy Spirit quickening us. Lord, quickening your word to us, giving us revelation. Because, Lord, we don't want to just hear words on a page. But, Lord, let your word become real to us. Lord, let your word, let that mirror be placed in front of us. Because, Lord, there is greatness in this church. 
There is greatness amongst your people. There is, there, is, there is destiny amongst your people. Lord, you have called all of us for a destiny. Father, it didn't just happen just now. But Lord, you told Jeremiah before I formed you in the womb, I already knew you. Lord, your psalmist David said that all of his members were knit together and written in a book before any of them came to be, Lord. Father, you call those things that be not as though they were. Lord, you don't deal just in the seen, but you deal in the unseen. Before we came out of our mother's womb, Lord, you already saw us. You already knew us, Lord. You already, you already knew what, what you were placing in the inside of us. You already knew the destiny that you had given us. You already knew how many people we would affect with our lives. And Lord, in our obedience. But Lord, it's only in obedience, it's only in personal obedience can we affect the rest of our world. Because Lord, if we're walking in disobedience, Lord, then we're walking out of fellowship with you. We can't hear and we can't see and we can't discern and we can't, we can't do anything. We can't even function, Lord. When that relationship is severed. But Father, it's only, it's only, it's only, it's only as we obey you, Lord, in everything. And we know, Lord, that you are a detailed God. That you won't leave anything for question. You won't leave anything for chance. But Lord, you will, you will show us what it is that we're supposed to do and you'll lead us and guide us every step of the way in that thing. Father, and then many will benefit from our obedience, Lord. Help us not to be selfish, Lord, to think, oh, it's just all about us. Because there is a world that needs to know you, Lord. There are those who don't know you, that have never known you. That, Lord, need to, who, who, who are wandering around aimlessly, Lord. And they're seeking things that don't satisfy. They're, 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 they're drinking wine that don't satisfy. But you said that oh, everyone that thirsts come to the, to, the, to the waters and drink freely. Come buy water. Come buy wine without price. Lord, let them know, Lord, it, it, those that, that are ashamed of themselves, those out in the street, Lord, that, that are ashamed and those that are lost, Help them to know, Lord, it's not about them getting themselves together, but it's about coming to you so you can get them together. Yes. Father, help us, Lord, to be a witness. Lord Jesus, you live so unselfishly, Lord. Lord, you said birds have, have nests, foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Because, Lord, you are on the move. You were about affecting people's lives. You were about opening blinded eyes. You were about delivering the, the demonic, uh, uh, the demonically de uh, uh, possessed, Lord. Lord, you were on the move. Help us to be a people that's on the move, Lord. Help us to be a people of action, Father. Not just of talk, but of action like Noah was of action because we realize that through our actions, when your judgment comes, that, Lord, we will be in a position, Lord, to help to save those who don't know you. But help us to be a people of action. Lord, I just thank you right now, Lord, for all of your blessings. Father, we thank you for each and every person that's here tonight. Lord, let your word take root in our lives and bear fruit. Lord, because we don't want to just be a people that hear your word. But we want to be a people, Lord, that hear your word and do your word. And a people that the spirit of God is producing fruit in our lives, Lord. That men and women can benefit from our lives. They can come and pick all kind of fruit, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, as we leave from this place, but never from your presence, let there be no breakdowns, no flat tires, or any such thing, Lord, and help us to find things as we left it, Lord, when we, when we come back home again. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say this before we go, that... Um, I have been invited to Canaan Baptist Church uh, the, uh, for a youth extravaganza uh, on July, it's July 24th through the 26th, 7 p.m. each night, and the theme is Faith in Action, amen? amen. So I, did, uh, I think what I have a Wednesday night, that's that Wednesday night, so it's July 24th through the 26th, 7 p.m. each night, and I'll be speaking that Wednesday night. Those of you who would like to join me, I wouldn't mind seeing some of your faces there, amen, if you can make it.
There's no forced thing. It's just asking if you can make it. Amen. So I wanted you to know because you're my church family. And so I, I'm grateful. You want to share? Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, anybody else have anything you need to share before we go? No? All right. <laughs> That's the strongest concord is really is for you to keep at home. It's for you to keep at home for your personal study time. And when you get your strongest concordance, I'll show you how to use it if you don't know already. Amen. Amen. I'm I'm glad to, to see everybody here tonight. Uh I'm not sure who this young lady is, but I'm happy to see you here tonight. You want to share who you are, what church affiliation or Okay, I've just never met you, huh? Oh, okay, all right, all right. How's Reverend Fifi doing? All right, tell him I say hello. All right, all right, all right. Amen, that's it. All right, God bless y'all. Be safe going home, amen. You too.